Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. So dealing with conflicted emotions, right? Because on one side, you continue to see how valuable and necessary the inclusion of every single state and territory that is owned and operated by our government with sports betting and how necessary this is to just be legal across the country, across the board, as we are finally back. Now, two days away, mind you, but finally back to an event that not only can we all sit around and be involved in, once again, we had a little bit of that with the last dance, but more so get around social media, tweet, bark at other fan bases, and bet. All of the different props, all of the different ways in which you can maneuver up and down a draft board with your own money, that returns. And some of us thought we would have to wait really, depending on where you are physically in the country, and that's what we'll get into in five minutes, about it being legal or illegal. The bottom line for everybody now is the amount of money that you're going to see put on this event. Thursday night is going to dominate, make no mistake, because it's the primetime event, and there are so many different props to throw out there from position to conference and so many other things you can look at from individual players to second-tier groups like fourth or fifth quarterbacks to be drafted first. And the biggest question would be, how much is this going to net and what's that going to match up with? The calendar year is different. Throw everything out. This is not a normal year that we're used to, clearly, under what we're going through. But there's, just think about this as we open up, how much money, and is this going to be comparable to the Super Bowl? You may think, whoa, what are you talking Yes, I'll explain. Also, we already had technical difficulties. The Cincinnati Bengals controller died. Pick one, round one of the Madden draft. Not a good sign moving forward. John Elway wants you to think all is well. I don't necessarily believe it. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show at Ron 2 ends Culver on Twitter. Kane is in the building. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. I've been watching the draft enough years that I know crazy things have happened. And, you know, I've watched people on camera slip and then the camera stays in their face and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm... You know, keeping everything on the table. Honestly, I expect to be number one, but you know, I'm not. I'm not positive about it. Yeah, well, I'm positive about it, and that's Joe Burrow. PFTPM podcast is who we credit for that. 
he, along with the entire world, expects to be taken number one. And if you want any type of reinforcement, back to, of course, betting odds and where you can look at this legally, illegally. I mean, I'm in PA in Jersey and even in DraftKings in some areas with FanDuel, you, you have to stretch to find some of these odds for the NFL draft specifically. But right now, Joe Burrow is at minus 100,000. That's it. It's over. He's going, there's, I get how, what he's saying himself, and maybe he was coached to say that, and that's fine. There's no pointing any fingers at Joe Burrow for pointing out the obvious. But this would be historic. If for whatever reason, Cincinnati, and yes, we do have the benefit of odds makers and being able to bet on the NFL draft, and maybe that wasn't as prevalent and big of a conversation piece 15, 20 years ago. But go back to the last time you were truly shocked, floored by something that happened. And it only has to be in the first round. I don't care about the sixth round. Oh, my goodness, they drafted Tom. Yeah, in hindsight, they drafted Tom Brady late in the draft. I'm saying when it actually happened, you were led down the road. There's no way. It's a one-way street. And then all of a sudden you realize everything's going the opposite way. Somehow it got turned on you. That would be... Second to this, minus one hundred thousand, a thousand dollars for you out there who, who can't visualize this. A thousand dollars of your own money wins one. That's how likely slash lock mode it is that Joe Burrow is going number one. Ben Baby covers the Bengals for that's that's a lot of bees right there. Ben Baby covers the Bengals. I better say that a couple of times in the break so I don't mess that up. He's going to join us in 35 minutes this hour, and we'll look at a little more than just Joe Burrow because that's been a huge topic of conversation, rightfully so, but a lot of it has been this mystery or this idea, if you will, that Burrow could not go to the Bengals and somebody could make this ridiculous offer. It would be historic if the Bengals traded out. Now, as far as technical difficulties are concerned, we already got a report from Adam Schefter yesterday. We were off the air at the time. But the Bengals had technical difficulties right away. The mock draft that they opened up, there was a problem. I want you to listen to John Elway, who insists that, for the most part at least, things went off without a hitch. The mock draft is basically like the Madden thing. And that would be the the funny thing just to look at where exactly you would have this thing break down, right? So I put it out on Twitter, at Shander Show. And think of this. Just give me the specifics. The round doesn't even need to be the pick. At Ricker NFL goes fourth-level analysis on this. But my question was just give me the GM who will be the first to suffer technical difficulties. Respond with the general manager and the round. Now, we're throwing this pool out here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, where if you guess it correctly, you can win $100. But here, I, I got a ton of people just throwing out Dave Gettleman, which rightfully so. Dave Gettleman makes the most sense. But Joshua at Ricker NFL, look at the details. Right here, Bengals, round one, pick one, Mike Brown, owner, Duke Tobin, director of player personnel. He even tagged his his buddy down in Miami on this one as well. 
Think of which team would be most likely to just sit there frozen. Right? We go to the New York Giants, and there's Gettleman's face just frozen. We've all had that, right? You've been on your Zoom call. You've been doing whatever it is, work-related. Maybe it's not Zoom. Maybe you found another platform because you've either been hacked or nobody's wearing clothes and you had to out somebody or just remove somebody from the group and start your own club. But whatever the case is, we've all seen that, right, where you're having this conversation going and next thing you know, one person in the corner or whoever it is that has infamously, notoriously, the slowest Internet of the crew is constantly lagging. Their face just freezes. And if you're really lucky, you'll get the frozen audio that's stuck on repeat that matches the frozen face. So I wonder, that's going to happen. At some point, this is going to be a reality. And I don't necessarily believe that it is going to happen in the first round because it's a smaller time frame. But when you add another round, when you add two more rounds, Saturday is prime day for something to mess up. Saturday is that day. If you were to just look at the three days of the NFL draft and predict which, in fact, would be the worst of it from a technical standpoint, it would be the final three rounds, four rounds. It would be that. <laughs> MRP Rocho one on Twitch, probably using DSL connection, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> And they also, to his point, have a history with not getting the pick in on time. See, that's where you have to look at this from an analysis standpoint. We know that Joe Burrow is going one. We know that this is going to be one of the most bet-on events. Legally, global market, wherever you can find this, we know this event, Thursday night specifically, but it's going to fall into the rest of the weekend is going to be one of the most heavily bet on events without question. I think it's going to be up there with the Super Bowl. I can't credit this or claim this initially. Corey Parson, fantasy exec, you've heard him with Matt Peralt on Pushing the Odds, had a conversation with him yesterday, and he brought that up, and it, it made perfect sense. The pandemic, the fact that we haven't had, forget live sports, we haven't had anything really to bet on. Who dies in Ozark? Stuff like that. The competitive quarantine eating challenge. I don't know how many of you were betting on the over-under for Joey Chestnut downing 48 Oreos, but that was available. I mean, you could look right now on a FanDuel or DraftKings where I am, right here in Philadelphia, and I've got one live tennis match, three table tennis games going on right now. Table tennis matches, I think you would call them. It's not much. We're back. And we're not just back to who's the first team to trade or where does Tua get drafted. You start to see some serious, like some legit comprehensive bets that are placed from top to bottom. I don't know how much of the technical difficulties that are looming right now, the, tech, the technical issues that we know is they're going to happen at some point. I don't know how much that weighs in on you betting or where you specifically place your bet. First round prop. I mean, for example, just take players coming out of a specific school. Does technical difficulties, does that happening really influence how many players from Ohio State or LSU will be drafted in the first round? Probably not, right? 
it's probably not going to be something that a team will look panic and say, well, we had a kid from Ohio State. We had a kid from LSU. What do we do? What do we do? Go Oregon. No, it's probably going to impact their ability to trade. It's probably going to impact their ability to move up and down the draft board and be players in a pick, meaning up or back. And back is another thing, too. We always assume, well, trade up, trade up. No, that's probably where it's going to be the biggest factor. And then you can look maybe secondary and say, well, who needs to trade up the most? We talked about the Niners yesterday dangling 13. Forget that. Move up to three. Miami, we know, is as jacked up as it can be down there to trade up for number three, move up a couple of slots, draft Tua, and start their new career and start their new regime with a new quarterback and second-year coach and see what you can build down there now that Tom Brady is out of New England. Speaking of which, there was a story that hasn't made sense for years regarding Tom Brady that we'll get to coming up in a couple of minutes. And no, I'm not talking about the most recent thing where he was, I guess, caught and pushed out of a park because he was working out. Supposed to be quarantined, yet Brady... And look, we ripped Dak Prescott, did we not? Cited for working out in a closed Tampa park. Mayor says. That's the headline. (laughs) Tom Brady was told to leave a Florida park closed down by Corona. I thought they reopened the beaches and you couldn't open a park for Brady. Look, you're opening up half of the eastern coast right there, down statewide. Beaches, I see social distancing, yet still we saw a pick uh, down by Jacksonville immediately after this whole thing was waived. And next thing you know, tons of people on the beaches. You're telling me that Brady can't get out there? It's not like in Dallas. There was some sort of order that was lifted where now you could hang out with 50 people. Now it went from, no, 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 10 or less to 50 or less. There wasn't anything like that. No order or decree was lifted. Here, you had the beaches open and Brady still couldn't work out in a park. Now, since it was closed and he knew it was closed, and it was shut down for health reasons, just because I thought and still believe that the park should have been open and should be open doesn't mean that he shouldn't be ripped for not following the rules. And if you're going to rip and pile on Dak Prescott, rightfully so, there are plenty of people where I am right now that would agree, just any opportunity, any chance you get to pile on that young man, go ahead and do it. We also have to at least acknowledge the fact that Brady was being a knucklehead. He chose to go out. He's staying in Derek Jeter's house. I know that because I hear the promo with Tony and Ron running on the app on the network where you guys are talking about what happens if something breaks down. He's staying in Jeter's house, and he needs to go to a children's park where there's a swing set. He needs to go to the merry-go-round or whatever the heck you call that thing that goes around that cheap thing you have to push with your own energy, the Flintstones version of the merry-go-round. What's going on here? He doesn't have one area where he can work out some sort of field, some area around the house. It's Derek Jeter's mansion, for goodness sakes. Come on, if we're going to come down on Dak Prescott, we have to at least acknowledge that Brady was being a bonehead. Now, speaking of Tom Brady, coming up, There is this story that hasn't made sense to me for years. And Brady is no longer at the top of this list. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show as well. At Ron Culver, two N's 
is how you follow us and interact on Twitter. And again, the question with Rod, I'll give you another couple of examples here, on when, in fact, the first technical difficulty will happen and with what team, specifically the general manager or front office person representing that team. The round and the general manager. At Carl underscore Grieb, this feels so Cleveland. I tell you, I get so many Gettleman's here. If this person hits, at least with the round, that's the difference is you have to give me the round. There's going to be a pretty big payoff. There's one that I disagree with. At JB Faz twelve thirteen, the hoodie in round one. I get that he likes to make you think he doesn't know what Twitcher is or Face Tweet or whatever the heck he called it, but there is no way that Belichick, of all people, of all GMs, is going to be the first one. Brady, no longer the top seller, doesn't make much sense. We'll get to that next here on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Yeah, the draft went smoothly. It got off to a little bit of a hiccup when we first started, but other than that, it went really smooth. There were really no problems with it, so we got more comfortable with it, so... It should be uh, it should be fine and go on without a glitch. I'm sure there'll be a couple glitches here and there, but actually for the first for the first time, I thought it went pretty well. That's John Elway saying, "Don't worry, it was just the Bengals." <laughs> That's basically what he said. Don't worry, it was just the Bengals. It was their fault. Bad Wi-Fi, like that dart player in Scotland who can't participate in the tournament because he has the lowest speed in the entire nation. John Elway said, don't worry, really, once we got past the Bengals, because you combine the two things, right, the Schefter report, which is the Bengals had issues, and Elway specifically saying once we got through that first little hiccup at the start of the draft, what else could it be? It wasn't Washington. It wasn't Detroit. It's not like we had reports coming out from Mort following Schefter saying, "Uh, sixth pick, good luck out there. No, it was the Bengals. Now, you can look at this one of two ways. And then we'll define what technical difficulties really are. The one way you look at it is the Bengals need to get their act together as mandated by the NFL. This is not some dart-throwing championship or four people eating Oreos in front of a YouTube screen. This is the NFL draft. Bump up your bandwidth, and they fixed it, which would definitely weigh against anything happening from a technical difficulty standpoint in the first round, or it's way too close for comfort getting a couple of days away from launch Thursday night, and we are back to that scene where Ryan launches the website in the office, and before Kelly sticks the pizza on it and sticks it to Ryan, you have a couple of people unaware that they're even on the air, and the other guy just frozen in the corner. So you can look at it really one of two ways, as an omen or as a message, really a sign out there that the NFL is going to be fine. They just had this one small glitch. Now, you also have on Twitch, someone is going to have an inappropriate screen share during the draft. That probably should count as technical difficulties. And I don't know what that screen share would be, but if you just want to focus on that small definition 
of technical difficulties. Hey, I don't know what it would be. A mistake, right? I don't know what circumstance would require David Gettleman to share his screen outside of the cam that you're going to see already set up. But, yeah, I could see that. Now, what would that be? What would be an inappropriate shot that you could and take any GM or front office person who's going to be representing their team that you want? Even Jerry Jones, who probably won't be on camera, right? But still, anybody you want thinking of what an inappropriate screen share would be. Gettleman seems to be the choice of the day today, especially for which GM is going to screw it up first with technical difficulties. No, nah, but I feel like he's been the choice since day one. Since they, There was a viral f- uh, photo that went up. It was his war room and, God, who else? Who others? I, mean, I think it was John Lynch. Yeah, you're right. His war room. It was, somebody com- it was somebody competent. Yeah, and you look at John Lynch, and he has, like, five computers in front of him and, you know, state-of-the-art espresso machine and, <laughs> you know, just pre- pretty much everything that you possibly would need in order to draft a today's NFL. And then you look at... Gettleman, and you see, I think there was a computer, probably one of those, uh, the original Apple IIc computers. Yeah, he could play Load Runner on it. Yeah, where you had to insert a floppy disk to uh, put in your saved materials. Absolutely. And then he had a, a, a draft book in front of him that was definitely thicker than War and Peace and the Bible put together. I can't, how many copies of the New York Post or the Daily News? Probably, I mean, he probably has them all right behind him, right? <laughs> What would I mean, he's be an type, He's the type of guy who asks his secretary, you know, now that they're not printing newspapers anymore, to just go ahead and print off the newspaper. Yep, absolutely. Just take the first four or five things I send you from uh, the yes. New York Post and just print it oh, all. No, 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 no. He's not sending her anything. Are you kidding me? Well, no, I'm That's not what... like links. I'm just saying as far as like New York Post, Daily News, he's probably sending them papers, right? Well, saying, yeah, we, I want him. I want to print it off. He probably told her in advance because I don't think he's you know texting or tweeting or snap facing or any of that fun stuff that Belichick always likes to make fun of. And I agree with you. Uh, anyone who thinks Belichick will be the first one with the snafu, you're gravely mistaken. He's going to be so prepared. Yeah, and that's the thing is we'll never get a shot of his war room. All right, so let, let's think of this: the complete opposite of the screen share, the social faux pas that would happen on this huge webinar video chat, would be Belichick. I, I, I guarantee you that you don't see anything. If you're watching on my Twitch channel right now, twitch.tv slash Shanner Show, you see all these trinkets and this Eagles stuff and my logo and all these things here, the mic and everything. I bet you with Belichick, if he's even the person there, right? In, in, I, I, like, couldn't you imagine? You know when they have, and, and I don't mean to make light of this, but you know when they have somebody who's speaking anonymously on a television show and they have them shaded out and their voice is altered? Yes. That's Belichick. Thursday night on the draft. If it's even him, it's whoever the person is representing the Patriots, you won't be able to see their face. Their voice will sound altered. We'll take the uh, 31st pick of the NFL draft. Exactly right. It'll be like one of these 2020 episodes where somebody, a whistleblower, has to be anonymous. Don't show my face. Alter my voice. Otherwise, they know it's me. Does Belichick, does he go silhouette or pixel? Oh, well, now I think. Now now you got your odds there. I think it's 
Okay, let's look at this though. I think you go silhouette because you go pixel. Silhouette. Yes, because pixel you can still decrypt. You can kind of make it out. Yeah, and, and I think that there are probably programs, hackers, there are probably people way more savvy than us with a computer that can depixelate something that's or repixelate part of me, Listen, something that's pixelated. I grew up in a in my bedroom I had a TV. I felt one of the lucky ones because that was still kind of freshly new and I only had 13 channels. One of them came in scrambled if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I was able to determine what I was seeing. Sometimes the picture was a little clearer than others, but you were always able to tell what you were seeing. To make an analogy, there's a King of the Hill episode. No, I don't have time to do that. But yes, you're right. That was bliss. You had five or six seconds, maybe, of bliss before you went back to a full-on scramble. That's why I think you go silhouette. Ben Baby covers the Bengals for ESPN. He's next. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Those ridiculous, insane odds. And tried to think if there was anything in the history of the draft that would be as historic as the unlikely probability, possibility, pardon me, that... The Bengals would do anything other than draft Joe Burrow. Minus 100,000 at FanDuel Sportsbook. We go out to the progressive guest line and bring in Ben Baby, who covers the Bengals for ESPN, at Ben underscore Baby. Aton Shander, SB Nation Radio on the second level. Ben, first and foremost, thank you, sir, for your time, and hope you and yours are doing well in Cincinnati. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Aton, and, and same thing for you as well. Trying to get through, man. Staying home, which which is a good thing for the most part, as we've seen. And, and now we finally have something other than the last dance as far as sports are concerned in front of us. And everybody has already assumed, expected that the draft not only starts after one, but really after two. We talked about just how ridiculous this is, minus 100,000. What world would we be living in, Ben, where the Bengals would not draft Joe Burrow? Uh, we'd, be, we'd be living on a completely different planet. I mean, if, if the Bengals don't take Joe Burrow, I just I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, I, I think the Bengals have been locked in on Burrow for for a long time now, and and you know, over the course of the evaluation period, they've really come to like what they've seen in terms of his pre-snap reads, his ability to be accurate with the ball, uh, his timing, and his uh, you know when he's getting the ball out, and and just and on top of all of that, his leadership qualities and, and what they've. You know, the, the mental aspect and, and how he approaches the game is something they've been really pleased with uh, throughout this process. So even though they haven't been able to beat with him physically and never were able to see him throw in person, um, they still feel really good about Joe. And, and I, like I said, I would be just completely stunned. if It would be the upset of the century if they don't take Joe Burrow with the first overall pick. Seriously, I, we were going back just trying to rack our brains. I, I don't remember if there was ever a time, and it would have to be in the first round because this is the magnitude of it, number one overall, but just being so floored, so shocked, and it doesn't count in hindsight, right? It just counts with all the lead-up. This is as much of a lock as it is. But I do wonder, and you're perfect for this, Ben, how equipped, how well-equipped right now, year one, are the Bengals to host and handle a talent like Joe Burrow? 
You know, they've, they've done a lot of work preparing for Joe Burrow, you know, especially when you look at what they've done this offseason. They've spent a ton of money, you know, upwards of around, you know, $150 million total in free agency, which is unheard of for this franchise. Um, you know, that most of that was done on the defensive side of the ball, which is what needed to be done. But you look at also, you know, the offensive weapons that Joe Burrow will have at his disposal, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, John Ross. Um, Tyler Boyd, you know they have they have the the weapons capable for him for him to be capable to do well. But you have to remember that as a rookie, it is a lot it is it is a lot to ask to be immediately a success as soon as you come into the league. You know you still have to uh, you know get yourself acclimated to what things are like in the NFL on the field and off the field. And especially when you look at you know as a quarterback, the passing windows that you're going to be throwing into are going to be a lot tighter than they are even in the SEC. So. There are going to be some growing pains. I think it's a lot to ask Burrow to come in and immediately turn this uh, turn this franchise into a playoff contender. Uh, but I think that he will have the pieces to be successful early on, and he's stepping into a decent situation. What's the fan base like? And using the backdrop, of course, with the expected arrival of Joe Burrow and, and what that means moving forward. But the, I feel like the Bengals fan base isn't discussed enough on the national level going through years of not making the playoffs, failures, and seeing quarterback struggles as well. It's easy to point to Cleveland or here in Philadelphia or you know Oakland Raiders and, and just those sexy fan bases that are always fun to make fun of. But how frustrated right now is the Bengals fan base and how much does Joe Burrow help that even in year one, Ben? Yeah, you know, he's I, that, that's a really big aspect of, of this whole situation. I mean, this, this fan base and this franchise hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. Um, you know, and they, you know, they had a ton of, you know, postseason trips under Andy Dalton and, you know, in the, in the, in the teams, but they just never were able to get over that hump, uh, or for one reason or another. Um, and so this is a franchise in a city that's really yearning for, for that success, that postseason success. And so, Burrow's going to step into a situation where, you know, there is going to be a lot, you know, riding on how successful he is. Um, because, you know, at some point you can only say enough is enough. And, and the, the attendance has really lagged over the last couple of years. Last year was the worst uh, since 1993. Yeah. And so, it, you know, right now, I mean, you have a fan base that really needs, you know, a spark, a boost. And I don't know if anybody but Joe Burrow can provide that to the city. Ben Baby joining us at Ben underscore Baby covers all things Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN. Eitan Shander, the second level. Outside of Joe Burrow, what's the biggest name in Cincinnati that you, other colleagues, members of the fan base, everybody's talking? Joe Burrow's the easy one, right? We know he's going there. Who's the second most popular name on the draft board? You know, I think it's, there's a lot of different because there's so many needs that the Bengals have. I think it's a take your pick on what position. Uh, you think is is the sexiest going into the draft? You know, when you go look at linebacker, I think you know if, if Kenneth Murray somehow dropped to thirty three, I think the Bengals would be thrilled. You know, maybe you know Patrick Queen, and then you know a linebacker would be phenomenal. But I just don't think that the caliber of what you're looking for is going to line up with their draft slot. So maybe you're looking at at a wide receiver because there's so many of them, and you're going to get a really good talent at thirty three if you decide to stay there. You know, maybe a Denzel Mims, you know, Jalen Rager, uh, Lavisca Chenault. I mean the names are endless. So I think if you're if you're a Bengals fan, you know ideally what I think might happen is you know the Bengals will probably trade down for thirty from thirty three, get an additional second round pick, which is something uh, they've traditionally been aggressive in doing, and then that way you're able to maybe go get a, a wide receiver and a linebacker or, or a wide receiver and an offensive lineman. You know for me when I look at this this draft and the Bengals current roster, 
I think you're going to need a new number one receiver or, or somebody to, to step alongside Tyler Boyd because A.J. Green's future is so uncertain here in Cincinnati after 2020. And I think the Bengals really need to attack that position and do well in the draft uh, You know, at that slot this year. Ben, before we get to that point you raise about A.J. Green and his future, let me just ask this. As far as yesterday is concerned, your colleague Adam Schefter, I believe, was the one who first had it. What happened? What happened with the Bengals at the top of the draft? Any idea? Yeah, you know, as Schefter reported, you know, it, looked like, it sounded like it was just a technological glitch. It wasn't there, like there was anything, um, you know, that was that was the Bengals' fault in, in, in how they did it, you know. And, and I think that's why you have these dry runs as, as people, you know, as we're all trying to figure out how to navigate um, this world, you know, during the global pandemic and how right. we adapt to technology, you know. It's, uh, you know, I think we've all kind of had some, some hiccups here and there. And so I think it's good that the league has, you know, sat everybody down and, and had a run-through because the last thing you want is for something to go south on Thursday when there's so much money riding on the line in terms of, you know, future dollars for all these franchises and future success, um, you know, if you don't make the right pick. And so I, I think that there is, uh, I'm, you know, I think that, you know, they worked everything out yesterday and I expect things to go pretty smoothly. And given the setup and how things will go, even if the tech fails, I think an old-fashioned phone call will, will suffice when you need to make your pick. At Ben underscore baby. Ben Baby joining us. Bangles for ESPN. Eights on Shander, second level. Let's go back to what you said about A.J. Green. He'll be 32 at the start of the season. What's the future hold, in your opinion, even if it's just a year or, or maybe there is a way in which he sticks around for a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating because A.J.'s been pretty quiet throughout the offseason as they went through this process. And uh, But when you parse through what he said, you know, I, I think he's going to take the franchise tag as an insult. He'll understand it as business, you know, as usual, and that's kind of part of being in the league and being in the game. But, you know, for, for a franchise that knows what AJ's capable of, I think he feels like he's got nothing left to prove and he's worthy of a long-term deal. Now, on the flip side, the franchise will argue that, you know, he hasn't been really healthy enough to warrant a long-term, you know, situ- you know contract moving forward. So I think those two are going to be at odds. And, I, you know, this situation really is going to, you know, clear itself up until we get to the next offseason and we'll find out. If the Bengals, you know, if A, does A.J. want to stay in Cincinnati after they basically said, we're not, we don't, we're not going to extend you long-term until you prove, us, you know, prove something, um, and is he going to be productive enough to warrant that kind of money, uh, not just in Cincinnati but elsewhere? Um, you know, that's one of the biggest questions that will be surrounding this team and surrounding A.J. Uh, next season. Ben, I'm curious, is the clock, and I know he was only there for a year, one year, and it wouldn't be the first time a coach would be fired after one or even two years in the NFL, but is last year gone? Has it been stricken from the record? Is this now year one for Zach Taylor? And I, the reason why I ask that is because there were odds to come out this offseason about the first head coach to be fired, and he's at like plus 3,300 below a bunch of bigger names, clearly, but guys who you would think would actually be more entrenched. And there's Zach Taylor with the odds would tell you he ain't going anywhere this year. Yeah, I think everyone knew when he was hired that there was going to be, you know, it was going to be a long road from the bottom. And you look at, and, and that roster really needed to bottom out. And you look at the situation he inherited. And, you know, I think it's really, unfair, it'd be unfair to, to make a knee jerk reaction after one season. Now, if they don't continue to, if they don't make any progress and things continue to look this bad, um, in years two and then maybe even year three, then obviously, you know, something will need to be done. But I think he definitely gets some grace period because of the situation he stepped into. And now he's going to have a new quarterback to kind of lead, lead the system in this era that he wants to usher in in Cincinnati. 
Um, so, like you said, I think this is going to be essentially a year one uh, for Zach, and then we'll get a better estimate of what he'll be able to do and you know, if he's equipped right now to be an NFL head coach. I've been last one and truly appreciate the time, the insight, and again, thankful that all is well with you and yours in Cincinnati. Very important question for the masses out here to know about Cincinnati specifically. You get the text. Burrow gets drafted. Day after, you get the text. Hey, Ben, I'm coming to town. I know I have to social distance and all that, but where is the first place I should go to get something to eat? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I, I that's a and so I just moved to Cincinnati myself uh, about a year ago. Oh, okay. So well, where are you from? Uh, I'm from I'm from the Texas area. I'm from the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, so you know Dallas yeah. in and out. That like I, I'm in Philly, yeah, so I, I know, but I don't know Cincinnati. I just know the the stereotype of cup of chili, right? Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't be. I wouldn't <laughs> be taking him to get some chili. I'd be I'd be taking him to go get some Eli's barbecue. You know, we'd be going. You know, get some pulled pork from there. You know, I'm a brisket guy, so I can't get brisket anywhere outside of Texas. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we'll go get some pulled pork, go get a burger. I, I would I would stay away from the chili as the first meal. <laughs> awesome, Ben. Thank you, sir, for the time. Be safe. Hey, thank you for having me. You got a Ben Baby, at Ben underscore Baby, on the progressive guest line. Look at that. At least he, I, I'm with the same exact way. And I've been out of New York forever, nearly two decades at this point, longer than that, really, if, if you count how many years I've been on this planet. And I'm still apprehensive about recommending pizza places outside of anywhere in the five boroughs of New York City. And I've been in Philadelphia, as I told you, over two decades. Now, I know in and out where to recommend all the spots, the non-tourist spots to recommend a cheesesteak, a hoagie, as we call them here, other actual restaurants where you don't have to stand outside at a window and order. So there are plenty of in-and-out spots, like local spots here. But at the same time, I wouldn't overstep my boundary and recommend just a typical tourist trap because, hey, it's Philadelphia. That's Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. We'll wrap the hour next here on The Second Level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. See, I ask, and this is why you should be following along on the streams in the break, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. It's a free service. Because you'll get the conversations. And yes, we fixed all the audio stuff, so not only can... You hear Ron, but you can hear our conversations in the break. In fact, oh really? Oh yeah, man! Oh, yeah. I better clean up my language then. Well, no, you're a star of the show. People want to see your face to nah, put a face to, to the name. Just find my Twitter, and you'll see. Well, you still won't see my face, but are you pixelated or in a silhouette? Uh, silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that I'm holding my, I'm holding my newborn son. Nice, but it's like a. Picture's now like four years old or something. Well, it's okay. You're not. It's not like a dating profile where you need to update no, it every, every not, six months. Don't really need a dating profile, Aton. No, that's true. I, I, I know would probably need married. help filling one out if it ever came to that. Well, look, I'm not too far removed from that life, so I, I'm sure I could figure it out somehow with you. We could struggle through it, but thankfully, you, you don't need that, so we're in good shape there. But before I even tell you about this amazing second hour we have with a really special you thought ben baby was great he knocked it out of the park wait until you hear who we have 50 minutes from now 
But I noticed, and maybe this is just me, noticing something that's not accurate or not right, and that's why you're here, that you're on a different kick today when it comes to music, right? Just like, a little bit, yeah. It feels not? a little more hip hop Yeah, a little more hip hop Is that for me? Is that just because, you know, you, you decided to throw There's me a bone? or Literally, no. Is that, is that your music preference? I have no idea. Well, that's, that's the thing. I Honestly, I, I don't care. Here's the thing. I usually will suggest music to people that will play stuff that I don't like. And it's not don't know. It's just don't like. You know what I mean? And I'll give people a couple. Of, now, you and I have worked together for a while, to, and I know that you place a lot of eclectic stuff that I have no idea or like a deeper cut from a group or a band or an artist that I may not know. So I've never mentioned anything music-wise because it always goes with the show and sounds great. And even if I don't know it, I know that you and other people may recognize it, even down to the commercial that you played that's in D.C., is it, right? Yeah. Eastern Motors. So that, yes, but I mean, my, there you go. <laughs> it's a great song. It is a great song. But I mean, my wheelhouse would be, I'd say like 84 to 2000 hip hop. Okay. Because, because a lot of it was a different sound. It's a harder sound. It's more of a New York originated sound. Right. So that that's but again I, I don't. So you're East Coast, we're on West Side. A- absolutely, we'll have a beef. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have we we'll have to uh, we'll have to meet somewhere in the middle and fight it out. Where is the middle? I have no St. Louis, Norman, Oklahoma. Norman, Oklahoma. Let's do that. And we'll, let's do it uh, beat it style. What's Norman where second our, most we, famous? We gotta do for? it where our hands get tied together and we just kind of keep leaning back from each other. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, socially. Di- well, Aaron Burr was way ahead of the game. Technically, right? Second hour next. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. you got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Jam-packed hour. It's going to end with Cole Komet from Notre Dame, the top-rated tight end to hit the NFL draft. Thrilled. This is huge that we have an opportunity to chat with this young man with this historic draft that's about to go off. Most likely will be taken Thursday night. Some point in the first round, expected to go heavy as the top-rated tight end. But also going through a completely different set of circumstances leading up to this draft, more so than any other draft in the history of the NFL, and that's social distancing, the virus, and not even being able to have a physical and go physically talk to what could be your future employer. Fake news isn't going anywhere. We've got that 1225 Eastern with Ron Culver. I have a story before we even get to that where the NFL might be able to fix any type of streaming issues ahead of time if, in fact, they cross over, and I'm using air quotes, although I'm not physically using air quotes because I'd never do that, the dark side. I mentioned this Tom Brady story in the first hour. It's not him getting busted in the park like a bonehead, and he should be ripped, rightfully so, for that. It's a story that never made sense to me. Up until this past season, Tom Brady 
was the leading jersey seller in the NFL. The guy has been around for 20 years. Who still doesn't have his jersey? It never made. Now Patrick Mahomes, at least there's a younger quarterback who is still on the ride. I don't know who in this world that follows the NFL doesn't know who Mahomes is. But look, he's getting more and more popular. So that would mean, especially if you see him on a commercial or two, the Heinz ketchup stuff and the stuff with Troy Palomalo, he's going to be more recognizable, more jerseys sold. I don't get the other end of it. The variable that can change is Mahomes. Okay, it's Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, whoever. That's fine. I don't get who still was buying Tom Brady jerseys to the level in which he was number one in the NFL. Doesn't make any sense. Never did. At Shander Show, at Ron Ends Culver, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. I think the NFL has a solution in front of them to fix the streaming problem next. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Cole Komet's going to join us in 30 minutes. Tight end out of Notre Dame. Highest rated tight end in the NFL draft this year. Fake news in 13 minutes. Before that, mentioned the NFL might have a solution to its streaming problem. Mike Savage, 610 on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, raises an interesting question. As much as we talk about what could happen, what could go wrong going into the draft, Mike's question, how long for a team to use the excuse of, quote, well, we didn't pick them, the computer glitched. Somebody's going to use that at some, even if it's in the sixth round, it's going to slide out in some report, some local reporter, or somebody covers the team for the athletic. Somebody is going to uncover this thing. And it may be in New York. I don't know. It, it may be in Oakland or Vegas now. It may be somewhere, but it's going to happen. How about this one as an excuse? I couldn't get the pick in in time because my kids were using up my Wi Fi. See? Another one. How many times do you think? Somebody is going to have to turn back, right? And this is why you know all cameras won't be hot at the same time. Somebody's going to have to turn back and yell at their kids to get off the damn iPad. Will you quit it with that frozen crap? I'm on the phone. I'm trying to draft. (laughs) I'm trying to draft Eason. Will you stop it? I don't know. Yes, somebody's going to have to, I'm sure, yell at somebody in their family. One general manager, one front office member is going to have to turn back and threaten to take away the iPad from their 14-year-old kid who's stuck at home. Poor kid, stuck at home, quarantined, can't leave, can't play with his friends, his girlfriend, whatever. And all he wants to do is play Fortnite on his iPad, and his dad is just trying to draft Easton. (laughs) What world are we living in right now? This is insanity. All right. Before I even get to uh, fake news and and this story here about uh, Ben Simmons that I wanted to just audible and and bring up because he is the most famous and what issue he's dealing with is the most famous thing to come out of Philadelphia basketball since Allen Iverson. There is a company. Now, again, on the surface, you may think, all right, some LCD humor here. Come on, Shander. But this actually makes sense. If, in fact, the NFL is trying to fix 
any type of bandwidth streaming issues. Why wouldn't you go to a website, a company, that is experienced with dealing with a 100,000 times more of people going through traffic, if you will, on their sites? And the obvious answer here would be to go to a porn site. And no, this isn't, hey, Joe Buck, can you do a play? This, is, this actually makes sense. There is a website, a porn company, if you will, called Cam Soda. The vice president, Darren Parker, has reportedly issued a letter to Roger Goodell saying and basically offering to help the league out with technical support and setup. This isn't one of the... Anybody who is handling this much traffic in a multi-billion dollar business like porn would be well-suited to be able to offer technical advice and even set something up to handle that much bandwidth of 32 front office members, including the threat that one or maybe 10 of those front office members are going to have kids running around watching TV and other stuff pulling away from their Internet. It makes sense. It's just, and I understand the optics of it, if this gets out, it's like, do you really want fill-in-the-blank porn company yeah. as the provider of your streaming service? No, I mean, that <laughs> it, that would be a really bad look for the NFL, but I get the point. That makes all the sense in the world because they, I mean, let's face it, they do deal in high traffic. Let's look at this real quick. Who handles, what type of website do you think handles the most traffic? Per day, I would guess that that's a, a top three answer, right? That would have to be. I mean, Google, Google, absolutely. I think you is know, number one. Uh, probably in today's world, right Netflix. now, as we're standing, uh, maybe Netflix. I was also going to throw out Amazon because I that, think yes. more and more people are shopping. Yep, via Amazon than anywhere else. Oh, you know, I smell a poll. Amazon. What was the first? Google, Amazon, or your porn site of choice. What do you think wins as far as a poll is concerned? Um, Google? I, I would have to imagine Google. Everyone's Googling, right? I would think more so than even... Yeah, because it's the go-to I don't know. For example, my fiance here needed to pop her SIM card out of her new iPhone. I didn't even know that you still had SIM cards in your iPhone. So I went immediately and Googled how to pop yeah, a SIM card just, out. I mean... Oh, what about YouTube? I think YouTube would be up there as well because people want to see the video of how to pop a SIM card out. <laughs> well, not everyone's watching videos. I, a 20, 30-second video of how to pop a SIM card out. You'd be surprised how popular those no, things no, are. I, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'd go YouTube. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I I mean wanna... rethinking Amazon at this moment, but, you know. No, I think you're right with Amazon. The, the I... shopping. I mean, I like the Netflix but I think it, know, no. Don't back down from Amazon. I think you're no, right I, there. I'm going with Amazon, but I mean it's just comparison to you know that other sites, a triple X site, those other taboo sites. But I think you're absolutely right. I think that makes. I think the NFL should seek out their advice. Tell you, you know, business sense. to business, not you know what we can offer and what you can offer. Correct. Absolutely. It and no, this it has isn't, nothing to do with that. This isn't a way for you to get to Joe Buck. No, not at all. This is a simple solution to your technical issues. That's it. That's yeah. all I would say. No, that, makes, right. that makes perfect sense. I want to throw this out here, and, and we'll talk about this because I'm sure this has been a national conversation. It's been brought up at times with you and Tony as well as on the network and outside of Philadelphia. But 
let's just play name association. Again, at Shander Show, at Ron Tuens Culver, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. It's the second level here on SB Nation Radio. What's the first thing that you think of when I mention the name All-Star, All-NBA Defender, Point Guard Ben Simmons? Um, Two of them pop up, Kardashian and Can't Shoot. Okay, and that's... That's his fault for the whole Kardashian thing. Yeah. And it is, I think you're right that the average person on the planet would say Kardashian first simply because she's more popular than most NBA players. Yep. But this, but from a sport NBA standpoint or just anything other than Kardashian, can't shoot threes. Can't That's shoot. been the whole mm-hmm. story. And the whole story has always been what could this kid be if, in fact, he started shooting? Now, there was something that happened earlier in the season where Brett Brown, after a night in which Ben Simmons was open a couple of times, refused to shoot, even refused to shoot some jump shots, and decided to just pass it off with his guy lagging in the key, basically called out everyone and said, look, I need him to shoot if his agent is listening. Anybody is out there. It it was one of the biggest pleas for help that I've ever seen a head coach make about his player. He, He invoked his agent, saying if his agent is out there, please get him to shoot threes. There was a report that came out today, Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice, where I write as well, so you can see my column that comes up today in about 40 minutes, phillyvoice.com. Brett Brown reportedly considered benching Ben Simmons over his unwillingness to shoot threes, but ultimately opted against it. Does this not illustrate how bizarre of a situation this is? Was Jason Kidd ever threatened with a benching? Was anybody else who came into the NBA with a hitch in the shot or just shooting from their hip or clanging off threes? No, because at least they were shooting. I Honestly, Ron, this is one of the most bizarre uh, sports stories that I've seen and in or out of my area where you have a guy who's playing already at an all-star level and has this one key missing component that anybody in the NBA who follows the league is well aware of, like you mentioned, doesn't shoot. And his coach was reportedly considering benching him because he wouldn't shoot. I don't think I've ever seen this. Does Mike Trout get benched if he doesn't take a pitch? Does Tom Brady get benched? Or maybe Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson get benched if he throws a third pick? Probably not, right? I've never seen something so bizarre. And then this is ultimately going to be the head coach's undoing. When, in fact, the NBA returns, which it will for a shortened playoff, if you will, they're going to get bounced out because they had a bad season this year. Brett Brown will be fired for some reasons outside of his control. Others, yes. And this thing, this issue, this specific issue will go back to it. I don't know what you do if you're a coach. You might be coaching High school basketball, you might be coaching youth league, you might be coaching D2. Hell, maybe you're listening right now, you coach Division One basketball, you're an assistant coach in the NBA, I don't know. I, I don't think you've ever seen anything like this. It's one thing to have the seventh or eighth guy on your team who can be, get, you know, could get a little more playing time if he just nudged him a little bit. Come on, man, just have some confidence in your shot. This is your best player outside of MB, but he's not healthy enough to be your best player. I don't think I've ever seen something so bizarre as a player with this much talent refusing to do one thing. And it's not just, oh, he's refusing to do one thing. He's refusing to do the thing that puts him in the top five, top six category. If Ben Simmons knocks down threes, if Ben Simmons starts shooting with aggression, 
he becomes one of the most, like, top five difficult matchups in the NBA. Not to mention the fact that he's insanely good on defense. I don't know what you can do if you're a head coach. I don't know if it's right to turn back and vilify Brett Brown or any other coach that would be in this situation. We're about to see more of the last dance. You think Jordan, Pippen? Well, actually, to be fair, nobody's not going to take that shot, right? Do you think John Paxson or Steve Kerr following up passes off that shot? Michael Jordan walk right up to you in the timeout and punch you in the face. Fake news next here on the second level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Cole Komet, Notre Dame tight end, soon to be first round NFL draftee, we anticipate, is going to join us in 13 minutes. Ron Culver has four stories. Three of them are real. And I think I've only nailed it once so far, right? I'm trying to do my best to uh, make it a little difficult. Oh, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank God. We even have brought in John McMullen at times, and it's been a failure. So, all right, let's get it going here. All right, story number one. Taiwan, whose baseball league has been playing to empty stadiums, has been a model for how to break, how to battle the outbreak. Hit a snag last weekend when social dist- when social distancing was pushed to the limits with a good old fashioned baseball brawl. Wait a second, is that going to be the reason why the league now gets canceled That's or pushed back? Why I'm bringing it up? Unbelievable. Because we've thought of every scenario, but we haven't thought about, hey, what happens when a pitcher throws at a batter's head and that batter storms the mound, bench is clear, social distancing is out the window. That's terrible. I would be so mad, A, if I'm a player (laughs) and my money now got messed with because some idiot either threw inside or charged the mound. But at the same time, as a fan... Think about this. Imagine this scenario here. We get MLB back in some dome or whatever scenario that they create. They draw a line around 20-mile radius in Arizona, Phoenix. And first time you go out, somebody in the Astros gets plunked because, hey, it's the Astros, right? It's the right? Astros, and we've, we've, we're all assuming that they're going to get plunked at Absolutely. many, many points. Who's the first Astro to ruin it for the rest of us? Who's the first guy that gets hey, plunked I that charges say... the mound? I still say um, this bet is still good, even though coronavirus is in full effect. Who was the uh, was it Damian Lewis, the leading uh, the the he was the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes, it was a prop bet. I think you and I talked about it. We definitely talked about that uh, during the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Damian Lewis uh, Williams Williams Damian Williams rushing attempts versus Alex Bregman hit by pitches, and even though it's a short, it might be a short season. There might not be a season. I think Alex Bregman still wins. Isn't that amazing? He still wins. He still gets hit more often than because yeah, how many how many times did Damian Williams right? He ran for like fourteen. Not times? many. Yeah, something like that. Oh, you're, you're right. He's definitely going to get hit more than fourteen, fifteen yeah. times without a doubt. That futures bet will still pay off if you took my advice back in was that January? Correct. <laughs> you're right. That's and think about this. I don't know. Well, clearly the bet's off because it fell in there, but I don't know how many people took your advice. I know. Knowing 
ahead of time, the seer that you are, that the season would be shortened due to the and, coronavirus. And Alex Bregman still will get plunked more. Absolutely. And a shortened season. Now, one All thing right. you need to know about Taiwan, yes. too, is that they are they don't battle or they don't uh, – they're, they're very calm when they play. They don't even argue balls and strikes. So this is something that's very rare. It would so be like a, the equivalent a, a of Burl not going one. Yeah, a brawl is very strange. Right. Okay. Believable. Let's, let's start there. Okay. What's story two? Story two. Items found during a beach cleanup in New Jersey will be auctioned off with all proceeds going to first responders, doctors, and nurses battling COVID-19. Wait a second. If anybody has ever taken the time to comb the beaches with a metal detector, there isn't anything. It's an insult to give that to a first responder. Yeah, well, so, it's not it's not a uh, insult to give it to a first responder. I mean, they're not giving the items; they're just auctioning them off, and the proceeds will go to. First this this goes back to I mean, they're literally going to you know find every which way possible to raise money for first responders. Look. And doctors uh, and nurses. Unless you find somebody's, you know, twenty-eight carat gold you, cross or star of David that they forgot on the beach, I don't think you, people that leave stuff on the beach usually don't go back for it unless it's personal items like a wallet or credit card, right? Oh man, you know, I, I forgot that shell that we picked up or some trinket in your. Who says they haven't found a wallet or a credit card? Well, okay, well that's isn't maybe, that illegal? Maybe cash. I don't know. It's Jersey. Jersey has its own rules. I don't know. Isn't that illegal? Maybe it's a purse. So this is what and they took we, out everything inside. This is what people now are going to associate with New Jersey is the local authorities. Picking up stuff like purses and wallets and expensive sneakers, giving people like six hours to claim it, and then saying, if you don't claim this in six hours, it's going up for public auction. Basically, yeah. Now, you know, the worst part about it is I have no problem believing every word of it being right outside of that state. All right, that's story two. What's three? Story number three, Louis Vuitton releases $2,700 dumbbells and $670 jump ropes for your quarantine workout needs. Oh, all right. I know we have another story to come, but I'm just hoping and praying this isn't real. Just for obvious reasons, I'm hoping and praying that this is not real. Well, you're not going to get down on a $2,700 set of dumbbells? No. In fact, the ones that, that have, I have. That are monogrammed with LV? Or a is jump there, rope? No, and I'm thinking, should I have, I don't know. Could Made you from not the get, like, finest silk or finest not, hair from a sloth? A child's spine, do you think? <laughs> is what you actually connect the weights no, that with? Was, that was a purse. We did that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Louis Vuitton. I'm not sure, man. This one does sound believable because you know that there is some ridiculous over-the-top blue check celebrity that can't wait to put up a TikTok video of them opening up the box and then using the Louis Vuitton $750 dumbbells. Yeah. It's just one collective sigh from America. Oh, you know that Krusty the Clown sigh? That's like a, <laughs> oh, that's just a perfect one, man. Seriously. All right. So that's number three. What's number four? Number four, a Republican state representative from Idaho compared her state's stay-at-home order to Nazi Germany, even called her state governor Little Hitler. Oh. See, I spoke too soon with my crusty, uh <laughs> Should have saved it for this one. The problem with all four of these are 
they're believable. A couple of them you just don't want them to be true. Like the last two, for the sake of our society, in completely different means to the yeah. same end, I just hope and pray. One of them, unfortunately, is true. <laughs> That's the worst part about it, I think. There you go. There you have it. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's recap. Go back. In reverse order, we've got the Republican governor, is it, or no, mayor? state rep. State rep. Okay. Well, nobody pays attention to state reps, right? Well, until she until she calls her state, uh, her governor, Little Hitler, and his his uh, stay-at-home order, she likens it to being in Nazi Germany. I'm guessing the governor for that state is Democrat. Uh, I believe he is. <laughs> yes. Chances this, are this, that this is meant to draw an incitement. No, he is a Republican. Oh, jeez. Even worse. <laughs> so you so, got a Republican on Republican crime. Well, that's pretty rare right now. All right, so Jersey Beach is a story three where they're just combing everything and selling whatever they can find. I don't forget about the uh, Louis Vuitton. Oh, yeah, Louis Vuitton. Rope, I, right. I, set. I had that swap. That's story three, part of me. Only set you back $3,300 for the pair. For the entire set right there, $3,300. We'll knock it down to thirty two fifty. Man, not even my <laughs> Peloton costs that much. All right, what's the... And I financed and then, the hell out of that. And then Taiwan baseball might be a precursor to there being no Major League Baseball because of because their, of a they, brawl, right? Because well, I, they had a brawl. I know both Japan and Singapore, two areas that were correctly and rightfully so lauded for praised, if you will, for their initial attempts at mitigating the spread of the virus, have since seen some relapse. And Japan, of course, for some reason in northern Japan decided to reopen schools and restaurants and everything like a day after they got numbers in, and now they're in the second state of emergency. But I can s- that's why I'm trying to talk through the whole Taiwan thing, and I wonder if this is one of those, well, it was based on a real story, but I just shifted it to make it fake. You know, Ron's good at sliding and, and maneuvering a real story into a fake one. Twitch right now, the overwhelming response is number two which would be the Jersey beaches. And a lot of people that follow me are in the PA and Jersey area. So this is what's the show where you ask the audience, is it Millionaire? Millionaire, yeah, who yeah. wants to be a millionaire? If you I'm polling the audience. the audience right now, and I'm going to take the audience's general selection here and say because it's our area, go with number two. Although in the back of my mind I'm thinking, well, wouldn't you have sniffed that out ahead of time and thought he's going to be all over Jersey stuff? I'm going to. Going to? You have to tell us now because Cole yes, Komet's coming up. Uh, you're right. Everyone's right. Ah! Oh! Number two is the fake story. I feel like that was easy, though. You, Louis you Vuitton and Nazi Idaho is real. Yeah, we should talk about both of those. <laughs> Cole Komet, though, is coming up next. Beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Reading right from NFL.com, if you want them, you're going to have to take them late first or early, early second. I don't think so. I think you're going to have to get them in the first if you want them. An AFC coach said, then goes on to rave about our next guest, and rightfully so. If you've seen film, if you've watched highlights at Notre Dame, you understand why Cole Komet is the top-rated tight end to come out in this year's draft. At Cole Komet is how you follow him 
on Twitter. Soon-to-be NFL star, Cole Aton Shander, SB Nation Radio. First and foremost, thank you for your time today, and congrats on what will be being drafted in the NFL, if not Thursday, then certainly Friday. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. How's life for you? This is not a typical draft coming into it, and I'm sure you've had coaching and talked to your coaches at Notre Dame and, and people outside that you've now brought into your world, and I'm sure they've mentioned, well, we used to do it this way, but now because of the virus and what's happened in our world, things are a little different. How are you, for, for, uh, first and foremost, Cole, how are you personally? I've been doing good, you know, just been hanging out with the family at home and trying to stay busy as best as I can with workouts and stuff. But uh, it's been good. I've been, I'm healthy. Everyone in my family's healthy. So it's been good so far. What's been an obstacle, I guess, that you and other people that are coming out, draftees coming out this year, have had to kind of get around, even if it's a small hurdle? I imagine not physically being able to do the interviews and even have a physical for teams that you know are interested in you. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's tough. I mean, for me, I'm a guy that really was looking forward to those, you know, visits uh, to the to the cities and all that. Then that's something that I wasn't able to do due to the, due to all this. And I also missed out on my pro day, which uh, obviously kind of sucks. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, been doing well with the FaceTime and you know WebEx and Zoom interviews with the coaches, and uh, you know, kind of been staying busy with that. So that's been good. But you know, definitely, uh, definitely kind of sucks missing out on the pro day and uh, and and those top thirty visits. Well, and I guess the expectation is, hey, young man coming out of Notre Dame, tech savvy, so you're good on your end. But have you noticed with teams, and you don't have to out anybody, I'm not asking that specifically, I'm just saying, have you noticed that maybe that there's people that are not necessarily accustomed to using the FaceTime and webinar Zooms and stuff now interacting with you? I've actually been pleasantly surprised. I know there's been some <laughs> older coaches I've talked to, and they, they've handled it really well, so... Uh... They actually might not even know a little more than I do about how to handle all of it. So I'm sure they've been, you know, coached properly and how to use it all. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. I didn't have any hiccups during the whole process, and uh, it, went, it went pretty smoothly, actually. It's funny, right? You're getting coached up for the interviews going into the NFL, expected to go Thursday night as the top tight end, and here they are getting coached up on just how to use FaceTime and Zoom. Crazy world, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. What are you yeah, most excited? I'm sorry, Cole. Uh, what are you most no, excited ahead, about yeah. hearing your name, even if it's on TV and it's through Roger Goodell's basement, it's your moment, and nobody can take that away no matter what situation or circumstance we're going through on this planet. What are you most excited about hearing your name called? Yeah, I think just to finally be on a team. You know, I've been, this whole process has been a long one. Uh, you know, it kind of drags out after a while, especially with what's going on right now, so... Kind of just, you know, knowing to what team I'm going to is going to be really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to that. Do you have an idea in mind? And, again, you don't have to if – you, if you feel comfortable, that's fine, but I wouldn't ask you to name it. But do you have an idea as far as maybe you've narrowed it down to a handful of teams where you expect to go? No, I really haven't. I mean, there's a pretty wide range for me, you know, between the late first round to early second. So there's a lot of teams in that area, and I've been in contact with all of those teams. So – you know, it's. Uh, I wish I could say that there was a team that I felt comfortable with that, that I could say that would pick me, but, uh, you know, it's kind of all over the place. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Outside of the obvious financial implications, how special would it be for you, your hard work, what you put in at Notre Dame, to hear your name called on Thursday night? 
Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, that's just been a – that was a dream for me since I was a kid. And, you know, being able to go in the first round would be, obviously be a dream come true. And, you know, to, to, to be picked on Thursday night would, would be awesome. So uh, it would just be a really special moment for me. Cole Komet joining us at Cole Komet, K-M-E-T, on Twitter. Tight end out of Notre Dame, soon to be NFL draftee Thursday night, we believe. I'm curious, when did you know when you were playing this game, at what level, at what age, that you were different, that things weren't going to stop after high school and sure as hell weren't going to stop after Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about that. I always thought of it as I was always going to go and play professional football, and, you know, something <laughs> that I always thought about. Um, nice. I mean, I remember when I was in youth football and – uh, it was my first year of tackle in, in sixth grade. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of organized it by uh, by weight division. So you kind of, depending on your weight, was kind of where you'd play. And, you know, as a as a sixth grader, I was playing with all the eighth graders. And, um, you know, I felt like I was the best player on the team then. So it was kind of funny as a sixth grader being up with all the eighth graders and, and doing that. So I think that was kind of when I kind of first realized that I was pretty good at it and that, uh, you know, I could be I could be playing this for a little while. When you were younger, was there somebody maybe still in college or in the NFL that you admired, that you modeled your game after, that you had their jersey, somebody that you connected with from a fan standpoint? Yeah, from a fan standpoint, I always looked at, you know, Rob Gronkowski as a tight end was a guy that I really looked up to. Um, and then just as a more, like, you know, general level, Tom Brady was a was a guy that, you know, I have his jersey growing up. Uh, he, he was a player that, you know, I just loved watching and loved his competitiveness and something that I just tried to model in my game. Yeah, and I, I wonder now when you look around in the NFL, the tight end being especially a body like you who can play at a physical level and break tackles after catching the football, the position, just seeing how it's changed and shifted from when you were a kid to now, you know that if somebody's investing in you in the first round, you're going to be asked to be an integral part of that offense day one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Kittle and Kelsey right now two, on two Super Bowl teams this past year, and, you know, the offense kind of flows through them, whether that's the run game, pass game, or, you know, play action type of stuff. So, yeah, definitely tight ends these days kind of have to do everything, and, you know, I'm, I think I'm able to bring that to the next level. Do you pay attention, and I'm just curious, you, you and others, and how much it ever comes up in conversation. I'm guessing it doesn't for somebody as focused as you to have it pay off to be drafted in the first round or two in the NFL. But do you ever pay attention to scouts and all the other stuff that, that comes out that gets said about you, you know, the plus and the minus about Cole coming out of college and all of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you sure hear those, those things. I definitely don't think, seek those things out. Um, you know, I kind of rely on, you know, the people I've been talking to in terms of, you know, the scouts that I've actually been in contact with and, you know, the coaches that I've talked to. So those are the kind of people that I, I listen to and kind of hear what they have to say. Um, so you definitely take it for what it's worth. And, you know, I know that there's areas in my game that I have to improve on and just like any player does. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's areas where I have to improve on. There's, there's uh, plays and there's areas in my play that are, are strengths of mine. So, you know, I'm definitely aware of those and, you know, definitely take it for what it is and, you know, continue to work on those things. Is there, and just looking at it, because I want to just, I want to get your thoughts, obviously what happened Sunday with the last dance being at Illinois native Lake Barrington, I believe, right? Is yeah. where, where you're from. Yeah. 
But looking at school, leaving school, not everybody gets the chance to play top-level football, especially at a university as prestigious as Notre Dame. What will you miss when you look back, knowing that life is just beginning for you in the NFL? What's one thing that you know you'll miss about college? I think just going out there with my with my best friends out of the tunnel and being able to play in front of those fans. Um, you know, Notre Dame fans are a unique unique breed, and you know they love they love their their Notre Dame football. So, you know, just kind of missing the walk uh, to the stadium and you know running out of the tunnel are kind of just two things that I really miss. I imagine the last dance is mandatory viewing in your household and basically everybody in Illinois, right? Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Did you now being a native? And growing up, I'm sure, with Michael and all the Bulls around you, was there anything new that maybe you learned about that documentary Sunday night? I mean, for me, like, I never really got to see Jordan play live. So just, like, being able to watch his athleticism was just pretty remarkable. So, and his competitiveness, just those two things really kind of showed out, you know, in the highlights and, you know, in the footage that they showed. So those two kind of things were some of that was – Really cool to kind of see on film and, and, and see in the documentary. It is amazing just to hear him talk. And that, that was something, I'm a little older, so I got to, to watch him play. But even the older highlight videos that came out way back on tape and, as you mentioned, watching, I, I think there's something special about listening to Michael Jordan as he's talking, watching a highlight of him that will never get old for any sport fan. For sure, 100%. Are you watching any? I know, look, I know business and, and you've got so much going on with the NFL. Have you been able to take a break and watch any TV, Ozark, Westworld, anything like that? Yeah, I watch. Uh, we actually just finished Ozark uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, the third season. So, you know, we keep up with that show. Um, obviously, watching the Jordan documentary now. And then, um, yeah, just kind of, you know, going around. I've, uh, I need to get back into Westworld. I've seen the first two seasons, so I need to finish. You know, this is actually one that just came out. So, yeah, keep it up with shows and stuff. You know, got to gotta do something within the downtime. Absolutely, man. I have to be honest. As somebody who's watched every episode of Westworld, I'm very disappointed with the third season. But I'll let you go through it and experience it. Oh, yourself. really? Dang. Oh, it, you know what it feels like, Cole? It feels like they took some time off and they rebooted the show for people that complained, they couldn't understand it, and people that never watched it. It seems like it's a new show based uh, on, like, old premise. It's a little, but again, I want you to watch it because I appreciate the fact that you've stuck out the two seasons. Did you like Ozark? Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Did you like how Ozark played out this season? I did. You know, I thought you know Ozark kind of a dark show, and uh, you know it is. You know, all the people in there, no, no one's, no one's innocent in that show. So it's, uh, you know, I liked how it played out at the end, and uh, you know, I definitely give that a recommend, uh, recommendation to anyone who's looking for something to watch. So, um, yeah, no, definitely like the Ozark, and uh, looking forward to the possible next season coming out. Awesome, man! Thank you so much, Cole, for the time. Thank you, and congratulations on continued success now in the NFL. We all look forward to hearing your name Thursday night. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. You got it, Cole Komet, joining us at Cole Komet on Twitter, K M E T. At Shander Show for me, we'll wrap the hour coming up next here on The Second Level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com.
presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. How many people do you think are going to take this famous recipe, turn it around, and make it for their family? I saw a couple of weeks ago, I think it was before we started the show, Doubletree released their recipe on how to make chocolate chip cookies, which, again, I are you making chocolate chip cookies? Is this your first time? And why that? But I get it. They're famous. They've somehow branded chocolate chip cookies on their own. Ikea is now jumping in the game of here's how to make our famous fill in the blank. And they, of course, have their Swedish meatballs that are served at the store. Ikea is a headache, and then some. But I guess they realize it, hence they have these meatballs and other food available. I guess there's a cafeteria, if you will, where you can buy food. Now, Ikea is a national thing, right? You guys have it down in Houston, I believe? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. (laughs) But... I, I imagine that Ikea is not just a local. Like, it's not a giant food mart here where you think, what the hell's no. giant? We've got Publix or fill-in-the-blank supermarket. Ikea is everywhere. Is this appealing to people? I, I'm i guessing to make Swedish meatballs, maybe? Does yeah, Ikea have any other food besides Swedish meatballs? I don't know, but wouldn't you just go to Google? Again, this goes back to the most popular website right now. Wouldn't you just go back to Google and Google how to make or YouTube? And this is why I think YouTube is well, bigger on that what list. Than I'm you think. surprised is why don't you, you know, don't they just have like uh, Swedish meatballs for sale at IKEA? And you just pick some up, and then the directions would be on the box, right? I don't think so. I think that no, they gotta have it. Come on now. No, I don't think you can. You can buy them made to order and walk out with a bag of meatballs, but you can't. <laughs> get the ingredients of it. Now, look, Disney released its recipe for churros, Disney Parks, the yeah, actual that's, parks. But that's, that makes uh, sense, or that's a little different because you can only get them at Disney. You, never, you can never buy them in the frozen food section. But you can make your own churros. Yeah, How difficult not, is it? But they're not Disney churros. Okay. They got, this the is... secret, they got that secret ingredient that makes it, right. you know, like... Crack on a stick. That's butter, I think, is that the ingredient. Could be. Real butter and real sugar, I think, are those ingredients that we refer to as crack on a stick. I, okay, this is where I get off the train. I'm all for if you want to make Swedish meatballs, chocolate chip cookies, or even churros for your family. I'm all I'm good with that. But do you really need to add the, this is the Disney Park version of churros that I made? Do we really need to add that? Is anybody out there craving, you know, if I were to serve Swedish meatballs at the next dinner that I host, is anybody going to be standing up and objecting? You know, these are not the Ikea Swedish meatballs, so I've got to go. I'm out. They could be. Well, to be fair, I, I already have screened most of the people coming to my dinner party. So I'm well aware of you already know that. those. You already know that you're going to lie to them, is exactly. what you're saying. Yeah, and I've fine. rooted out, yes. I've rooted out that. the nosy people. Out. Unbelievable. Hey, breaking news regarding the XFL. We're going to have to get to this tomorrow. Oliver Luck sues Vince McMahon for millions after the XFL declared bankruptcy. Can't say I'm shocked. Go, Luck, go. Matt Peralt, Pushing the Odds, comes your way next on all SB Nation radio platforms. Thanks, Ron. We're back tomorrow.